Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bring out the Zamboni! It's time for Curbside with the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi electric elite contractor. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Kerry Davis. I'm Anthony Stalter. Blues hockey tonight. Blues Rangers pregame starting at 6 o'clock. Joining us right now to talk all things blues is our guy Chris Kerber. Joining us via the 101 ESPN celebrity line. What's up, Kerbs? Oh, doing good, Anthony. How are you? Well, not too good. Uh, <laughs> okay. What happened? You were on the Excuso show this morning, huh? 105.7 The Point. <laughs> Apparently yeah, they were okay, complaining to you. Uh, yeah, they were whining to me, but then, uh, but but I guess they, I guess they they conceded to you guys. I don't know the full story. There was something about some rules, things, and ties or something. You. So, but you probably I'm not in the middle the, of all that. You probably didn't get I the have, full story from them. No, no. Well, well, well. Listen, here's the thing. I have daughters, guys, so I've learned to stay the hell out of drama whenever. I can. <laughs> that's that's very smart. The only thing I'll ask you: if the Blues wind up with more goals tonight than the Rangers, is that considered a win or a tie? I just I don't. Uh, in the end, I think that would be considered a win. Ah, okay. there you go. That's, right. all, that That's all that matters, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Curbs, what do you think about the changes done by the power play? Obviously a necessity, but what do you think that Drew Bannister is trying to get out of this this new look power play? Besides well, goals. Look, it's, it, yeah, look, well, that's what he's trying to get. The reality of it is, is you, you were getting plenty of chances uh, on the other times, and but you had thirty, basically 39 games of, well, we're getting chances. And, um, and they just weren't going in. So I think what he's done by putting Pareko on the one unit with Jake Neighbors' uh, net front and then putting both the defensemen uh, who are good moving the puck and Krug and Perunovic on the other unit with uh, Sundquist net front, uh, you're trying to get some screens in front of the other goaltender's eyes and you're looking for some mucking around in front of the net. And uh, because, honestly, honest to goodness, it, if the Blues had any kind of a power play this season, I think they're in a playoff spot right now rather than on the outside. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you feel that they're pressing a little bit, knowing that they are dead last in, in uh, power play percentage? And if they were able to score a few more here, few more goals here and there, they would be a much better team. You know, Kerry, I was watching the Colorado-Vegas game last night, and on one of the Las Vegas power, the first power play that Vegas had in the game, they were moving around. They were wheeling the puck around. They got three chances at the net, and it just didn't go in. 
on the second power play chance they had, they did what the Blues are doing a lot. And they're kind of holding it along the wing, and they're just they're trying to get that little bump play to the middle of the ice, almost like okay, this is how we're going to try to score. And they're forgetting, and and they abandoned everything on their first that they did on their first power play. It's exactly what the Blues did in the last game, the first sixty seconds of the first power play that they had against Florida might have been the best 60 seconds I've seen on the power play all season. That includes the ones where they've scored a goal. Uh, and, and then they didn't do it the rest of the way. They kept trying to bump plays. They tried to force a play through, and either you don't have the skill for it or you, the other teams are just that good at defending it with the sticks. And if you're not moving around, if you're not you know, really working that puck with some one-touch passing, maybe skipping one of the – you know, one of the passes along the way and, and getting it down low, things like that. If you're not doing what Matthew Kachuk did, if the Blues are going to give you the goal line, take it to the net. What happens? Well, they take it to the net. they got to cover the goal line, then there's an open pass in the middle. Those are things like that. So are they pressing? Yeah, I'm sure they're pressing. I mean, these are really good hockey players. These are guys that care. These are guys that know that that could be a difference maker, and it hasn't been, uh, and they know what they need to do. So, are they pressing? Yes. Should they be? Yes. But, you know, these are there's a lot more skill on the ice than the power play totals are showing. And I, I like the changes. Now, I, I hope the changes stay the same. Like, like, I hope you stick with these for a few games and see what happens, and we'll, we'll see if that happens. Chris Gerber, voice of the Blues, joining us right now on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Chris, we haven't had an opportunity. I know it's a couple days later, but we, I, I want to hear your thoughts because not only are you a man of, you know, um, uh, of hockey, but also somebody that has been in the media for a while. You know how things are done. You know things uh, how things should be done properly. What, what was your takeaway from this Kevin Hayes situation? What were your thoughts? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great topic, Anthony. Um, uh, you know what? Let's go back to the original comments that were made. Sure. Um, I I don't understand it. And look, you listen. You guys are right in the middle of. You're in talk radio. You're trying to fill time, right? You've got opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think somebody's connecting dots that I don't believe. These, does he, does he know the kid? Yes. Did he know Gutter? Yeah, but um, to, to think that he's saying, "Boy, whatever you do, avoid going there." I, I don't think that would be that's even remotely close here. And so I think maybe, and, and I, I don't even know if I should, I don't know the guy that said it. I don't know if he gets the benefit of the doubt, um, you, you know, in terms of did he have a source that told him something? Yeah, but does that mean it was accurate? No, not necessarily. Uh, looking at Kevin Hayes, hearing from Kevin Hayes, uh, I don't believe for a moment that Kevin Hayes had any kind of a role in that. But I do like what John Tortorella said yesterday. Now, look, I'm not a fan of how John Tortorella handles the media. And I got to tell you, I interviewed John Tortorella when he was the head coach. He was a Calder Cup champion, head coach of the, of the uh, Rochester Americans. And then, I, and then when I was in the NHL, got with him again, did another interview with him up here. He, he was always fantastic. In the interviews I did, he's engaging, he's smart, he's funny. And this cantankerous side of him that came out, whether it be with his time in New York or time in Vancouver, you know, whatever it may be, it, it's a shame. I, I don't know. The one, I, I like the fact that he called out the guy, mm-hmm. you know, that, that he said it. But I don't like what he did earlier in the week, you know, after the trade. Like, you know, just he's, he's a bit cantankerous to it. But I think it's fair for a coach to, to stand up for him. And I like what John Tortorella did in that situation yesterday. He's saying, yo, you're here. Like, you did that. Like, like Kevin and Hayes might, and I might not have seen eye to eye. Right. But that's a good man. And, and you're seeing now, guys, especially with what's going on in social media, and this is why we got to be careful, and we have a responsibility as talk show hosts, as, as broadcasters, as, as media members, 
we have a responsibility to be really careful. Because when you do get something wrong, look at what Kevin said. Now I'm getting text messages. I'm getting threats on social media, all this other stuff. That kind of stuff happens, right? And and what do you take seriously? What do you not take seriously right. on those? And so, look, I, I, I believe that um, – I believe the guy in Philadelphia should come out and, and either and either back it up. I don't I don't believe that you always that you have to tell your source, but you better back it up with some other fact, or you owe a public apology in this case. And here's and now and one other thing, real quick on this. Sure, guys. Like like I was pretty I was pretty blunt about the the. And I'll, I'll give you an example. I was really blunt about the play of Jacob Verona in that last game. Okay. Now I don't say I don't believe in saying anything on the air. I wouldn't say to a guy's face. Okay. But you go into the room the next day, and if a guy hears for about it and has a problem with you, he has a chance to, to say something to you. But if I had gone into the room, and I, and I did check this with a couple, I said, here's what I said. Did I see that play properly? And I had two people say, yeah, you saw that play right, and, and we're on it. But if they had looked at me and said, well, Curbs, actually, it was really this guy's guy, and this was how this play should have been defended, I, you got to go on the air and own it and correct yourself, mm-hmm. right? You got to have that kind of integrity and responsibility, and and I hope that that's what this guy in Philadelphia does. Curbs, this sounds like, and you you've been around you know a while. You've been in different markets. This sounds like something that I used to run into a little bit with the when the Rams were here, and you'd go down, you go down to training camp or practice, and you get to know some of the personnel um, or the staff members of the team. And you get shooting the you know what, and one of the, one of them says something to you. Just and it winds up being an opinion, and you you have to realize that it's their opinion. They're not a source to you. You're just having a conversation, and you need to be able to yeah. separate whether or not they're giving you information that you can run with off the record or on the record, or again they're just giving you their opinion. And it sounds like. Somebody within the Flyers was given this this guy his his opinion, like, oh yeah, maybe this has got Kevin Hayes written all over, and all of a sudden he runs with it, and now he's you know he says he's got sources. That's a that's that's way yeah. different than what guys like Jeremy Rutherford and Derek Gould and and actual reporters do when you have three sources at the minimum. That's what it sounds like to yeah, me. Yeah, that's. Yeah, it, it could be, but the, the the guy, as you said, you got to be smarter yes. than, than than to say like like. And here's the other thing that you ask yourself, and and I get it. Maybe it isn't sexy. Maybe it doesn't you know move the needle in a lot of things. But what's the be- like like what's the benefit of saying that? What's right. the, unless you are absolutely sure that that was said, and you are really confident in your sources? What's the benefit of saying that? And I had a situation early on here where the St. Louis Blues were looking to trade. And you hear all the rumors about the Blues trading for Keith Kachuk. Now, I had been in Springfield where we were affiliated with the Coyotes, right? It was the early days of the Internet, but you can get the Arizona uh, paper online, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, and I'm reading, I'm reading the, the, every day I'm reading the clippings about the Coyotes. And there was a beat reporter that put out a pretty negative article on Keith Kachuk, okay? So that's my impression of this scenario. Now, a year later, I'm doing a, a post-game show. And the rumors are going around about Keith Kachuk, and I'm on the air. I think it was it might have been with Randy and uh, John Hadley at the same time, and Scotty Warman might have been uh, the guy with me. And I said, "Well, here's what I was reading in the paper. Like, so I don't know if this guy is a good locker room guy, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and because I'm giving my opinion on that. Man, the next day, Dallas Drake stops me in the hallway and says, "What are you ripping on my buddy for?" And I didn't have a clue what he was talking about, right? Sure. I said, I, I, uh, "What are you talking about?" He said, "Keith Kachuk," and I said, "Well, here's what I said." And he goes, "Right." 
He goes, that is so far from the truth. And I said, well, here's why I said it. This is what I was reading. And he goes, Curbs, let me tell you. He goes, well, this, that beat writer had it out for Kachuk. That beat writer, anytime he could, would railroad Kachuk because he didn't like his personality, didn't like this, didn't like that. And you know what? So the next day I went on the air and I said, hey, listen, I talked to Dallas Drake, and this is what I said on the air. I obviously was very wrong in, in my opinion on this. This is what a guy said that was in the locker room with him. Well, then we look at what Kachuk was like here and what he was like, and Dallas Drake was absolutely right. That beat writer was wrong, and I was wrong in what I said. But, again, it's, it is how you can even take something like I'm reading something from a beat writer thinking that this is accurate, and even that wasn't accurate. So you, you, you learn to be very careful because it, it can have an impact. Right. You can't just run your mouth. Curves, we, we've been talking a lot about the prospects and the guys from the World Juniors. Jimmy Snuggaroo's name keeps coming up. Um, obviously, the Blues have been struggling power play and, and sometimes offensively. Does that speed his time up getting here? Does that speed up the clock for him to get here? Or is he just going to come when he comes and, and be here when he needs to be here? He's going to come when he gets here. He'll be here when he needs to be here. Now, there was a lot of excitement. You know, 15 years ago with T.J. Oshie and uh, and after his second year, because you tend to see a lot of guys coming out after their second year. And fans may remember T.J. said, no, I, I, we had a chance to win a national championship. I want to go back. And, and T.J. ended up going back to North Dakota for his third year. In this case, and based on the comments made from Doug Armstrong there, especially with knees having, having moved on and Cooley having moved on, it doesn't seem like that's the trajectory of this Minnesota team. I was looking at it after the last game you know they their last regular season game is 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 in march then you've got uh, their conference tournament you've got the ncaa tournament they're third i think and they're just in their in their league right now so you know typically if, if you were to go to the frozen four all the way through uh you're talking about the a team moving into the playoffs so go back a few years ago with kale mccarr kale mccarr went to the uh the frozen four with uh umass amherst when they lost out in the Frozen Four, the next night he was playing, or two nights later he was playing for Colorado and got a, an assist in that game. You know, do the Blues make the playoffs? I don't know. How much does he play here? I don't know. But your your options end up really being, if they meet after this season and decide he wants to turn pro, there's two options. If the Blues have a chance at the playoffs or in the playoffs, they could bring him right here, right now. And then does it burn a year of his eligibility? Yeah, but honestly, if the player's that good, you don't care, Right. Uh, and then the other option is you sign him, basically, you sign him to a, uh, an amateur tryout. He finishes the year with Springfield and then comes in and starts his NHL year the next year. But the way it's pointing out, Kerry, if I'm, if I'm shaking up the tea leaves and pulling out a tarot card um, and knowing that I don't know how to read them, take this for what it is. But <laughs> I, I, I do think at some point in time at the end of this season, you see him either here in St. Louis or in Springfield. As I, I, I get the sense that his pro career will be starting then. Curbs, good stuff. Have a great call tonight. We'll be listening. All right, guys. Have an awesome rest of the day. Same to you. Thank Cheers, you. Guys.